You are listening to the Average Pundits Podcast on your favorite streaming platform. Hiya guys and welcome back to the Average Pundits Podcast, your home of all things Premier League. Today's special podcast will be talking about Chelsea Football Club, the current Champions League finalists, FA Cup finalists, fourth in the Premier League. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Start of the season, who'd have thought it? Um, as always, guys, I am joined by my fantastic co-host, Reese. How are you doing, Reese? Good, I'm good. Who has two thumbs and didn't expect Chelsea to get into the final? This guy. Um, <laughs> what? Uh, I mean, to be fair, at the start of the season, I was like, they're going to do good. They've got a sick team. But then I, I also was sceptical because of like the team chemistry. You know, They brought in like five, six world-class players. They can't all play decent. Turns out that's exactly mm. what happened. Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a long time to get to this stage. And obviously, you know, if you've been watching the entirety of this Premier League season or tuning into the Average Pundit podcast, you'll know that we had a lot of coverage on Chelsea at the start of the season with, with Lampard, um, you know, having his first full season as the Chelsea manager. And yeah, it was short-lived, unfortunately, for Frank. Um, he was, uh, I, th- I think it was around... December, he was gone, I think, around December, January, early January, uh, and was replaced by uh, Thomas Tuchel, who started his season with uh, PSG. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, he was doing perfectly well with PSG, but they weren't happy with the performances. So Chelsea came knocking and he was, he has been so instrumental in their turnaround. Um, Demonstrated on their result of the weekend, beating their Champions League finalist uh, compadres, Manchester City, in a 2-1 win with a 92nd minute winner from Marcus Alonso. Um, I wasn't able to catch the full game of this. I had to go and watch the highlights, but I caught the last goal. I remember turning, uh, flicking over uh, whilst when I got back to, to see what was going on in that game, tuned in at the best possible time, saw that Marcus Alonso goal, and I was thinking, oh my God, like they are, they are, they want blood now. And I'm, I'm not going to be funny, obviously Pep, we, we, obviously, we, are, we have to kind of say right now, congratulations, unfortunately, to Manchester City for the Premier League title, 10 points clear of United. Um, as a little side note before we carry on with Chelsea, Reese, do they deserve it? Of course they do. No one else deserves it. <laughs> no one else deserves it. You look at the at the table, at, um, I think it was Christmas, uh, Liverpool and United, the top two. The only, the only team to stay in their place in the top four, I think, was Liverpool. Not Liverpool, was Man United, sorry. Liverpool went down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, um, they've been dominant. They've been dominant. Uh, I'm sure we will be talking more about City as the the weeks come on. Uh, We could have done a City special this week, but obviously we've covered City so much in their dominance this season. So we thought it would be fair to talk about their uh, their opponents for the final in Chelsea. But this Premier League 2-1 win, obviously, it's a, little good, it's a good insight to see what was actually happening. Uh, Ziyech uh, got the Chelsea's first goal, but it was, uh, wasn't until they, after Raheem Sterling scored in the 44th minute in the first half. Uh, but they both kind of started pretty interesting teams. Um, from what was the, the one of the weirder things in the game, I'm not sure if it was the preservation of players or... or, or because Pep occasionally, you know, has a tendency to do this, but Ben Mendy and Ferran Torres were playing, you know, at first on the team sheet in central roles. Obviously, that wasn't how the the game lined up. Obviously, the, the, the positions moved, but he went quite defensive in this game, and it, and it still didn't kind of pay off for him. Um, we spoke about this as well before. Um, Pep, when it comes to finals, semi-finals, he has a tendency to panic a bit and change up the team. I mean. 
recently, obviously, the very dominant um, for, uh, Manchester City uh, against against Real Madrid, wasn't it? They, they, they were they were playing in the, in the Champions League. So, in the final, do you think that? Pep is going to panic and play a different team to Chelsea. Do you think Chelsea are going to keep it simple? Do you think Pep will panic or do you reckon he'll be cool and level-headed? I think um, because it's an English team, I think Pep's got up close and personal um, scouting, doesn't he? Um, yeah. I mean, that game was just up close and personal scouting. Like, you look at yeah. uh, he the team he fielded, he doesn't want to get any injuries before the Champions League final. He's already won the Premier League. Uh, it was, he didn't have to rely on Leicester winning the league. He could have won the next game. Yeah, but it, it it really doesn't matter at this point. So yeah, yeah I, I, I think I think that Pep Guardiola's got the got the squad to, to to go out there and do it. To be honest, I just realised. Obviously, I said I said Real Madrid. I meant PSG. They beat PSG. Yeah. That was the, the the second leg when it all kind of kicked off. Di Maria got sent off, and, and everything was kind of fine around. So they, they they cruised pretty competently into the final. And I think every season where PSG don't win a Champions League is funny. I think the same with City. So. You know, it's 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 two evils in the final. I I've said it multiple times. I don't believe in backing English sides unless they're yours in the Champions League. I don't know how people can really go for that mentality. But I think in this situation, never thought I'd, it's it's painful to say, but the lesser of the two evils in that situation for me is Chelsea. So I'd rather see Chelsea do. I know a lot of people might have differing opinions on that, but personally, I'd rather see Chelsea do. I think it would be a very big redemption story. Um, for Thomas Tuchel, you know, getting sacked from PSG because he wasn't good enough and then going and winning a Champions League the same season, it would be kind of poetic. It's a shame, really, that Chelsea didn't draw PSG and Tuchel could have knocked them out in the early rounds. That would have been fantastic. Mm. But um, we will talk, yeah, but Chelsea at the moment recently, obviously in that game against City, it was a 2-1 win. But some of their performances recently, obviously beating Real Madrid 2-0, beating Fulham 2-0, um, they drew with Real Madrid in the first leg, but they beat Chelsea 1-0 as well. They've been getting some fantastic results in um, <clears throat> in the Premier League at the moment. And I don't really know what they're going to be like next season. It's going to be hard to say because Tuchel's still yet to have a, a, a successful transfer window when he can bring players in. But it was you who mentioned early on some of the players that Chelsea brought in under Frank. They brought in some world-class players. Um, Timo Werner, they brought in Kai Havertz. They brought in Ziyech, they brought in um, Eduard Mende as well. That's someone we'll talk about in a little bit more depth in a minute. But in terms of the signings that Chelsea made, um, successes, negatives, where do you kind of assess some of those signings? I think my personal favourite out of them has got to be Thiago Silva. Yeah, I probably have to agree with you there, uh, Thiago Silva. Uh, he's definitely been integral to, to Chelsea getting to the, uh, to the Champions League final. And to kind of go back to your point about the lesser of two evils in Chelsea and Man City, why don't we just make it a triple threat match and bring another team in to win? I think that's I think that solves all of our booking issues. Um, sort it out, yeah. UEFA. Do something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, to go back to the transfers, um, Thiago Silva's been arguably the best player um, in Chelsea's season, other than maybe Mason Mount, um, who's been a one of the best players in that team. Um, but then you look at Kai Havertz, who's not had the best of seasons. But then again, you look at him, he's, he's 21. You know, he's not going to fit in straight away. He's come from a different league. He's got to adapt. Same with Timo Werner, who obviously didn't really get off to a flying start. I mean, he didn't, didn't even start really scoring. He had six goals and I think eight assists on the, on, on, on the league. So you know, 14 goal contributions isn't too bad. You know, for a first season, it's not 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 great, but it's not bad. There are still improvements there, and that's why I think that Timo Werner should 
definitely be given the chance next season to to improve. And then you obviously you got Edward Mendy, who, without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best goalkeepers this season, um, helped keep uh, the second most clean sheet this season uh, alongside Man City. Uh, I think Chelsea had eighteen this season, so. Um, and, and I think that that made up for them scoring, you know, their lack of goals. They, they, they were sixth in the rankings in terms of goal scoring, but first in the, in the, in the, in the ranks for, for clean sheets. So I think that that definitely helped Chelsea's case, bring out a few more draws, a few more positive results. And, and that's why they're so far up the table compared to other teams that haven't been able to, to, to get the lid off when, when scoring. Yeah, I think recently Mendy well has been putting up some fantastic performances in in, in the the Prem and in the Champions League. And you've obviously got a really difficult situation because you know you you can you can say we want you can't take away the money that Chelsea paid for Kepa. You can't do it, and it will forever serve to be a bit of a Premier League meme, and especially a meme on this podcast. The amount of times that we we've, we've mentioned Kepa over the past couple of years, but um, you've got what like a seventy-two million, seventy odd million price tag you've got on a goalkeeper. You've got to try and shift him because clearly they've made their intentions clear. And Frank was trying, I think. He was trying to get the performances out of him, but it still wasn't working. So, you know, Mendy was brought in to go and, and kind of like do pick up some of the slack. Um, so now you've got this 72 million, you know, blockage, <laughs> which they're going to have to try and sell. And they're not going to be able to recoup anywhere near the money that they did. So I wonder maybe if we might see him go this summer. You know, he's definitely somebody who's surplus to requirements there, would you say? Well, that's funny because I actually have a segment in, in like my notes for the podcast to that, you know, who, who they should sell. And going through the team sheet, I think Kepa's one of those players that you should definitely get rid of. Yeah. Um, if I'm being honest, looking at the squad, I don't think there's many players that you should sell. You know, there's, they've brought so many players in. They've got so many young talents in there. Keep Mason Mount, keep little little Macy Mount in there, uh, with with his little little Frankenstein dances. Um, and I think I think the only other player that I'd really get rid of is Emerson. You know, he's he's the one. You know, he's not really doing much. They've got two left backs. Let's be honest. They've got Marcus Alonso who scored that amazing goal at the weekend, and they've also got Ben Chilwell, who's coming mm. through the ranks. At, he's a young English prospect. He's going to be. Uh, their left back to, of choice when Marcus Alonso then moves on. Um, so I think that Emerson, while he is kind of young, I don't think he's going to be used at Chelsea as well. But Kepa, he's not going to be used anytime soon, maybe in, in the FA Cups. But then again, they've got Caballero, who's going to be in, in the wings. Maybe he's going to retire soon. Who knows? You know, goalkeepers can, can go on to 40, 41, and so on and so forth. So uh, yeah. Kepa, I don't think he is going to be needed so cash in while you know strike while the iron's hot he's a young goalkeeper um there's still plenty of room to grow selling yeah. for maybe a quarter maybe a third of the, of the price tag you know like 30 20 to 30 million i don't think he's worth 50 or so you're not going to get your, your money back for him that's for sure well let me throw a little kind of hypothetical situation at you um players to sell one that i feel like is going to have potentially a bit of a saga come come around the transfer window we'll definitely have to get some more journalists on to give their insight as we did in the previous summer if you haven't seen those the information is still really interesting they talk about their come up through through the industry really good stuff jamie jackson rob harris david lynch we've got loads of good people on there um but um one name that kind of always kind of like toys when i'm talking about chelsea is tammy abraham now chelsea's striking situation obviously they they bought Timo Werner in 50 million that spent a very good price tag on him. He's 
been okay this season. He's probably not anywhere near what he what we know he can do. He was doing amazing things at Leipzig. So he's still got the best of team of Werner to see, probably, if, if he can turn it around at Chelsea. Um, but you've also got Olivier Giroud, a, a fantastic veteran Premier League striker. Well, I, personally, I think I've undersold for years. Um, it's only really now that he's at the age he is now that I can appreciate him for, for the kind of things that he offers to the team. But Tammy Abraham is also, I mean, it wasn't long ago, you know, Tammy Abraham came bursting onto the scene, having an amazing season over at Bristol City and then doing the same at Villa. And now he's kind of at Chelsea. It's like this, he's primed, he's ready. And I, I think he should go. I think I think he should pack his bags and say, look, look, because Chelsea have had loads of strikers like this in the past. They've had like Michi Bashawai, he's always been knocking around. They've had like players like Loic Remy, you know, random strikers they've brought in who have been competent and had ability, but they just don't get the run out. So I don't know why, what what there there is the point. I mean, Tammy's not really someone that I couldn't be too happy just sitting on the bench and counting the money, you know. Definitely worst place to live, but he's young. He, he wants to go out there and play some football. But I don't know if maybe a Premier League club should take a punt on him. I don't know what you think about that. I think that he probably is going to be a, a striker for years to come uh, in terms of England setups and everything. So uh, I think I'd be tempted if I was a Premier League side. Um, I don't know who would take him. Um, maybe he goes alongside Danny Ings um, and Shea Adams, you know, someone like that. Um, if Danny Ings does move on this season as well, perfect replacement, I think, for Southampton. Um, you know, someone to, to to get crosses into the box, more prowls on free kicks. Tammy Abraham, the lamppost. It's a, it's a perfect combination. Um, but yeah, I think I think if, if Tammy Abraham wants to go, I think if I was Chelsea, I wouldn't want to be selling him um, because he's the joint top goal scorer in the, for, for Chelsea in the league. He has six mm. in his limited appearances. That's the same amount as... Timo Werner in 33 appearances. So uh, I think if you look at it that way, it's someone to push Timo Werner. But if I was if if I was sitting in the in, in the seat that Sammy Abraham's in, I think I'd be looking to leave. I think I'd be looking to get more game time. Uh, maybe not to maybe not do a Kalechi and Acho where you yeah. have an unreal <laughs> season at a big team, go down to a team not as not as good, but like still decent, like Leicester. Yeah. And not perform as well as obviously he's had a you know he had a great couple of months, um, mm. but apart from that he has been very good uh, for, for Leicester in previous seasons. But so maybe going down to a team like Newcastle or Southampton, a team that's gonna play you, you know you play Tammy alongside Callum Wilson, that tandem's gonna be amazing. You know you you, you think of the prospects. So I think I think yeah, if if you put him in the right team, you put him in the right setup, you make him the focal point of a team, he's going to get you goals, and he's got the confidence to do that. He did it in the Championship, he's done it in the Premier League last season with Frank Lampard. He's he was integral to that to, to finishing fourth last season, and again he's the joint top goal scorer this season. So, and, and that is in limited appearances. So, I mean, if I was him, I'd try and go and try and play thirty eight to thirty five games a season somewhere yeah. else. I mean, one of the other really dominant positions at Chelsea that Tuchel's got kind of far on all cylinders is their midfield. Um, you've obviously got N'Golo Kante in there, um, Batman as well, Mr. Mason. I mean, N'Golo Kante is somebody that Tuchel has said when he joined Chelsea, he, he's been wanting to have N'Golo Kante for years. And that was no, you know, mistake. I think he was, a, he was probably a fan of him at Dortmund, but at PSG, they wanted him. 
but Chelsea were, you know, very determined to keep him there. I feel that like one day he probably will end up playing over at PSG. It just seems like a move that could happen. But, um, you know, he's got his man, so he's got to be very happy with that. Um, but another guy that he's managed to get really good form out of is alongside Mason Mount, which again, we'll talk about just after, uh, Jorginho. I think Jorginho this season has had a really good performance under Tuchel. But the rumours are, headlines today, is that um, over at Barcelona, Ronald Koeman is uh, a big fan of Jorginho and is looking to get him in at Barcelona in a swap deal, which includes Miralem Pjanic coming the other way. Now, that's been reported by a couple of sources um, pretty early on. So, you know, uh, like a 15-minute-ago report. Um, early thoughts for me on that. Um, I'm not massively sure where the benefit for Chelsea is in that because clearly, like, but Pjanic was, was originally a swap deal for mm-hmm. Arthur going to, going to Juventus. So, you know, and I think Arthur actually, I think he's been, you know, quite competent at Juventus. I think they've got more out of him than Barcelona did to an extent. Nah. I don't think he's great, but I think they got, I think they got more than Barca did. But Pjanic going the other way, I don't think Pjanic has been doing that much of Barcelona right? because Barcelona right now are in the mud. That's but, true. But, but you, you look I don't, at, I don't, I don't think there's a winner in that situation. Barcelona and Juventus have both swapped two of their best players and they've done absolutely nothing. So I think in this swap deal, I don't think there'd be a winner. It's similar to the Mikatarian Sanchez thing, isn't it? It's like it looks really good on paper, maybe, but it's like, you know, I'm struggling to see the benefits. And also, Pjanic is. I think uh, Jorginho, I think, is like maybe like 26, 27 uh, as, a, as a guess. But I think Pjanic is early 30s now. So, you know, I, I think it's ambitious for Koeman. But, and also, the other thing as well, like once upon a time, Barcelona, you know, you, you'd have to snap your fingers and people would be going over there. No matter what nationality, what league they're in, they're always going to be tempted by Barcelona. But right now, this is the worst situation it's been in. And as long as they keep Messi there, they, there's always a hope that players want to go and play alongside Messi because who wouldn't want to play alongside Messi? But right now, they're in, even though they're still one of the better sides in La Liga, they're still not where they should be. And we all know that. So I think that that particular deal for Chelsea would be pretty rubbish. But I also think that Jorginho is, is a player that I can probably see leaving Chelsea fairly soon, just mainly because he may want to go and just try to try, trade somewhere else. I know Juventus have been very interested in him. Possibly trading with Juventus could be a better option for Chelsea. Well, if they want to bring in Arta, um, that'd be that'd be a decent shout. But then again, Arta's very young and Jorginho's nearly 30. So I think, yeah, it'd probably be best to, to get Jorginho off the books right now. I mean, yeah, again, he's a, he's a joint top goal scorer this season with six. I'm guessing they've all yeah. been from penalties. Um, but, you know, you look, you look at uh, you know, his age, he's 29 and a half pretty much. Um, and he's, you know, he's been, he's been a great, addition to Chelsea but not as I think I think there's better centre midfielders in that team obviously you've got Kanze you've got Kovacic as well who's 27 you've got Macy Mount who's you know he's a young player as well um this team's pretty much stacked Reese James can play the centre defensive midfield role if he needs to yeah Kanze wants to push up so I think that you look at the squad they've they've got you know (laughs) surplus amounts of centre midfielders let Jorginho yeah. go. Um, as for Barcelona, if they want him, Ronald Koeman has not had a, a very good track record with with purchases and centre midfielders. So um, he's definitely looking towards the aging market. Um, I don't know why. Why would you go after another thirty year old centre midfielder that's got nothing, nothing left to give? 
Jorginho is one of the slowest players in the Premier League. It's it's funny to see him run. I think a lot of the reasoning, being if, if we're going on a little, a little tangent talking about Barcelona, I think a lot of the reason it could be is the financial issues they're in. I mean, uh, Alden is obviously that's not been a secret. You know, they've been they've been definitely wanting him, and you know they've had that link before. Kuman understands Wijnaldum as a player because obviously with, with Dutch with the Dutch national side, so I could understand his interest there to an extent. Obviously. I, I don't even really think he should be in a rush to leave Liverpool. I, th- I think Liverpool benefit from him occasionally when he plays. I don't think he's a regular starter, but why he thinks he's going to be a regular starter at Barcelona, I don't know. That's a side note. But if we talk about, go back to Chelsea, Mason Mount's the one, you know, the main guy to talk about, obviously. Yeah, the, the, the little, the little, the little Nick. I'm going to do that dance every single time that you mention his name. <laughs> but um, in the Premier League, I think 33 appearances, six goals and six assists. In the Champions League, it's 10 appearances, two goals and an assist. Um, he's also got four appearances and a goal in the FA Cup as well. Um, I got an assist in the Car- in the Carabao Cup. You know, he's under Frank Lampard. He was, you know, we, we were seeing him struggle a bit. We were seeing Frank. Frank re- very much liked him. Obviously, he was, the, the again, the host of a lot of memes. He was the kind of, uh, a lot of people were saying, you know, the Frank and Mason memes were quite funny. Um, but... I feel like now he's got a manager who maybe understands his potential, maybe understands him a little bit more as a, as a player, not necessarily as a person, as a player. And I think, you know, Matt and Frank probably had a really good relationship on the pitch um, and in training and stuff like that. But now that he's got someone who is very driven to go out and win titles and stuff like that, I feel like he's going to get the best out of him. And we're starting to see that week in and week out. Mason Mount, I think a lot of the time this season has been their best player. Um, Thiago Silva's maybe in that running as well. You could argue at some some points maybe Edouard Mendy, but I think Thiago Silva and Mason Mount have been the two most prominent players this season. Um, but I want to know right now, again a slight tangent, but it does, it's, 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 it's linking it. Mason Mount, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, James Madison, to a, a much lesser extent, but he's still in the conversation, I think, Ward Prowse. All of these midfielders go and to the Euros, it can't be done. Some of these midfielders are going to have to get cold. Um, James Madison recently, you know, he's been suffering with injury. Same with Jack Grealish. Um, but there was a point in time, Jack Grealish, you know, lighting the league on fire. He's got to go to the Euros. He's getting disrespected by Southgate. He's got to go. And then all of a sudden, you have Phil Foden, who is just incredible. Like, if I think if it wasn't for Gundogan, he'd be 100% this season. Gundogan and De Bruyne, obviously, but he'd be Man City's best midfielder, but Man City are just stacked. <laughs> um, but then you've also got now Mason Mount pushing forward. Um, if you can only take three, who are you taking out of that out of that list? Because I know that is a really un- unfair question. And also, I know Grealish is a lot of the time deployed on the left, but count him as a, count him as a midfielder. Who are you taking out of those five? You can take three. I'm giving you three. So this is this is implying that Henderson's already going to be a plot, uh, you know, sticking to that centre defensive midfield role. Yeah. Uh, obviously, being if, the captain. If he's fit. If he's fit. If he's fit and, you know, coming to the, coming to the Euros, he's going to try and get back as quickly as possible, mm. as every player is. Um, I think that, yeah, you've got Henderson that's going to be that holding midfielder. So I think that, you can't look past Macy Mount nah, uh, as your as your box to box guy. I mean, he's not the best defender in the world, but he's great going forward. He can definitely pass a ball. Um, so maybe trusting him. And I, I can't lie, I have to go with a guy that I'm not 
very happy with sometimes. He makes a few decisions I'm not happy with on the pitch with his diving antics, but I can't I can't not take Jack Grealish. Um, Jack, yeah. He's, his play has been phenomenal. He's been one of the best players when he's been fit. Um, it's just a shame that Villa relied on him so much that his <laughs> he basically crumbled uh, when when the pressure was too much. Mm. Um, which you know the signs of a good player carrying the team on your back uh, and and you know putting your lot you know putting your body on the line for for your team. So there's a reason he was the captain of that side, and and I think that he's he's definitely probably going to be the centre defense uh, centre attacking midfielder. Sorry, that would probably sit behind Harry Kane. You know you got your front three. Um, you got your holding midfielder, you got your box to box, and then you got your centre attacking midfielder that's going to push up the field, uh, just just behind Harry Kane. And then, as as far as as, as a bench player goes, you'd want to give your youngsters um, a, a little run out there. So if there's a if there's a group stage game left, you got to play Phil Foden. You know you, you have to put him in there and give him some European experience, give him a give him a tournament experience. He's been unreal this season. There's no chance that you're not going to put. Uh, a back, but you know, your you, your best young English talent on the back burner, absolutely mm. not. So I think it would have to be Jack Grealish, Macy Mount, and Phil Foden. I think if I had an ideal trio, if I was picking out of that list, I think that would be my three as well. I think he can look beyond, you know, what Jack was doing when he was when he was when he was fit and 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 you know not injured. And I think Foden this season has just been ridiculous. He's he's, he's so good for the age he is, but. That would be a fantastic trio to take with to take with you to the Auras, I think. But you know, um, as kind of rounded off this little Charlton, we've had a couple of tangents, stuff, but we've been talking about the, this, this prominence. Obviously, we're 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 a Premier League podcast at heart, and we think that Chelsea are probably going to make Champions League next season through the top four if if the things stay as it is. But um, it would be a miss not to talk about the Champions League. We're going to talk about the Champions League when it rolls around, um, and especially because it's an all English final. You know, eyes are going to be turned to it. Um, Chelsea versus Manchester City. Can Chelsea do it? Because personally, right now, I honestly think they can. I on and I honestly think they might. No. Short answer: No. Why? Because I think that Peppers has just got a, a winning mentality when it comes to. Um, shout out to Chris and Haas. Um, when it comes to finals, you know, he's a serial winner. He uh, he was at Bayern Munich. He was at. Barcelona at Man City it hasn't been the you know, when Pep's got to finals he hasn't bottled them let's be honest FA Cup finals Carabao Cup finals the, the, the Premier League in itself it's the Champions League he just hasn't been able to get to the final Yeah, getting to the final has been the tough task for Pep and now you look at where he is now he's against Man City no I mean sorry he's against Chelsea in the final this is the best case scenario for Pep Guardiola he doesn't have to face Real Madrid He's he's beaten PSG. He's beaten the juggernaut of Neymar, Kylian Mbappe, Marquinhos, Verratti, Kaylor Navas. Yeah, he's beaten that juggernaut, and he doesn't have to come against Rafael Varane, Sergio Ramos, Thibaut Courtois. He doesn't have to face that big defense. He doesn't have to come up against Vinicius Junior. He yeah. doesn't have to play these world class players like Karim Benzema, arguably one of the best players in the league at this season. And you look at that team. They've got depth upon depth. They're not going to want to, you know, they've won the league now. They can afford to play the young players. They can afford to play B teams. They can afford to do that. So I think that that's what they do. They prepare for this Champions League final. They use the game against Chelsea to scout them. Yeah. 
And it's up to then Tuchel to try and reverse that, try and counter their, their scouting, come up with some new stuff and maybe come out with a win. But it's Tuchel's first season. I think that next season is going to be an amazing season for Chelsea. I, I, I'll, I'll predict it now. I think they're going to finish on a higher points tally. I think they're going to finish higher at the table. I think they can push for third or second next season. But I don't think the Champions League this season yeah. is, is for Chelsea to win. See, I think that obviously City are, are going to be the favourites. And obviously you, you raised a massive point there with the fact that obviously they've already won the title. They can play like the most mediocre teams they can if they want. It doesn't matter. They've already got that league title now. I think Pep will probably still play with some of the big boys, just you know, make sure they're even more dominant. But they can. They can afford to rest players now. So by the time the Champions League rolls around, albeit in case there's any freak injuries, they should be having just the most solid team out there they can. I mean, Laporte's now back in fit, but John Stones has had a great season. But having Ruben Diaz, John Stones and Laporte fit, mental. Obviously, absolutely crazy. I think Zinchenko has had another fantastic season. I think he's just solidified himself in that city team. He's such a good player. He's better than Mendy. Or I do not rate Mendy at all. Um, but Jao Cancelo, you know, uh, it's crazy. I mean, you, you even got players like Sterling. You, you, you just, they can just turn on and be great. You've got Riyad Mahrez, who's had a fantastic season. Bernardo Silva, it's crazy. But I also think that Chelsea get into this Champions League final. It is a bit of an underdog story, even though they spent so much money. They spent so much money, but they've been, they were so poor the first half of the season. They've got, like, top four. They've got the manager to do it. I reckon Chelsea could do it. And personally, I hope they do. I don't want to see City do it. I think every season that PSG and City, like I said, don't win the Champions League is a win for everyone. It's just funny. Um, but, you know, we'll have to wait and see. And we'd love to know what you guys think as well. As always, you can get a hold of us on Instagram and Facebook at The Average Pundits. You can get a hold of us on Twitter at Pundits Average. And if you listen to this on your favourite streaming platform, your Spotify, your Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, give us a little follow on there and turn on your notification bells if you want to be informed when we release a new podcast. Um, and then if you're watching on YouTube, we need that all-important like and subscribe from anyone watching. It's really important. You're helping us an awful lot when you do it. It only takes a couple of minutes. Um, thank you very much for all the support, as always. Um, and as always, Reese, thank you for being here with me. Another good little podcast. And we've got a lot more to see from Chelsea in the near future. Absolutely, absolutely. As I, as I finish off with my last Macy Mount down to the, uh, of, the, uh, of the podcast. So, uh, yeah, look out for the new podcast. If you made it towards the end, comment Macy Mount's Barmy Army uh, in, in the comments. If you made it towards the end of the, of the podcast <clears throat> or tweet us. Uh, give us a little message, Macy Mount's Barmy Army. Yeah. Get involved. Um, but, will... yeah, there's some big podcasts coming up soon, so make sure you stick around. Absolutely. 100%. I will say as well, it's a little sign up before we go. Um, but obviously, it's, it's not a secret. Both myself and Reese are university students. Um, it was also Reese's birthday the other day. So, everyone, yeah. I'm old, people. The official old podcast. <laughs> but, um, Yes, we've obviously reached the birthday recently, but obviously we're both university students and this is our final year. We've been doing dissertation. We've been doing various other assignments whilst doing this podcast. So we're still hoping to get as much content as we can out. But it's been it's been tough. So, you know, uh, all the support that we get, we do really appreciate. You know, as students, it is tough running this, but we, we do it because we love it. We do it because we want to do it. Um, but as always, thank you very much, guys. And we will see you next time.
For the latest football content, subscribe to The Average Pundits on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite streaming service and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.